This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash MySavings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on RootMetrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. 
Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick continuing with our UFA reviews or previews, this one of the tight ends today. And joining us is Josh Reed from the 907 area code. What's the temperature in Alaska? Um, let me check my phone right now. Um, right now in Alaska, it's, it's about 930 at night, so it's about six degrees out there right now. All right. Now, you're in Anchorage. Anchorage Actually, a pretty warm part of Alaska, right? You can go up to yes. Nome or Point Barrow and whatnot. Yeah, so we're not we're not up there in like Prudhoe Bay or anything like that, where it's like it's freezing cold all the time, sub zero temperatures. And Fairbanks, Alaska, it's 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 the kind of place where it gets the hottest of the hot and the lo- and the coldest of the cold because they're pretty much. I mean, Anchorage is kind of in a bowl too, but we kind of have an outlet because of the inlet. Whereas Fairbanks is literally surrounded by mountains, and when it, in summertime it gets up to like ninety something degrees, and in the wintertime it gets as cold as like below forty. So it's um, living in Fairbanks would be tough. It's about an eight hour drive from Anchorage, and um, like I said, I wouldn't recommend. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Most definitely not this time of year. And there's some people from there, they said they have to have a special heating block for their engine just to make sure their car starts. Oh, yeah, you you, you got to pretty much plug in your car almost every night. Um, the car, one of the cars we have right now, my wife and I, um, it has a bad battery. And I, I kind of cross my fingers when I forget to plug in the car the night before, hoping that I can get to work on time. Otherwise, she has to drop me off because um, when the temperature drops, it really kills batteries. So you either have to have it plugged in all night or just have a, have a really good battery. Okay, and that's not an electric car. You have a gas car. Yeah, it's a regular gas right? car, 2012 Honda Accord. Yeah. All right, very good. Oh, it's interesting to hear that kind of stuff. But let's move on to the tight ends now. Uh, a pretty limited group, frankly, this year. So we hope to be done with this episode. Not in the longest time. Not Certainly not spend the time we did on the outside linebackers, if you listen to that one, which is right around an hour in terms of length. But uh, who's the top guy on your list for the Ravens? Um, so, I mean, before we really get into that, I just kind of want to provide some context as far as people out there thinking that, you know, we're not looking for an next Mark Andrews, okay? Well, we're really just looking for an effective replacement for Hayden Hurst. You know, the number three tight end who's a primary pass catcher, but, you know, doesn't have to be on Mark Andrews' level. This has to be a nice compliment. And the, one of the guys I've, I, I've been banging the table for this offseason has been Gerald Everett for the um, uh, Los Angeles Rams, uh, hopefully formerly of the Los Angeles Rams. He's really, you know, the guy where I feel like it's right in that sweet spot, whereas he's kind of an ascending player, but not a lot of people really know about him. I mean, he was kind of, a lot of people were high on him coming out of the draft. Um, I believe it was in 2018 or something like that, or, or 20 or 20, 2017. But kind of like, he's kind of flown under the radar and kind of been behind Tyler Higby in the Rams offense. And he's been used in a similar role that Hayden Hurst was used in his last season. Um, again, his, yeah, his last season, second in the last season in Baltimore. And so I'd really love to see Gerald Everett come aboard um a lot of people want to want us to wait wait until the draft but you know there's no guarantee you're going to find that guy in the draft and you can find that guy prior to the draft that's um an address that's a need the primary need it's that's really already addressed okay so everett in in four years with the rams has not had really impressive catch percentages particularly for a tight end at 62 percent that would be my main obstacle to going after him it's not not like this isn't a guy who couldn't do something but how do you look at that and really, you know, 
talk about, you know, you obviously Hayden Hurst, one of the things he gave the Ravens was a tremendous hands guy. And I thought the Ravens, with the the way they can spring a tight end very easily in their play action game, one thing they really want on the other end of those play action passes are very good hands. Where do, where do you what do you look at Everett in terms of that? Uh, Everett, I, I feel like he was really underutilized with the Rams, and and a lot of the times, like, you know, like the way that the Rams offense kind of runs, you know, they have like levels to their pass progressions. You know, like first level, second level, and like pretty much Jared Goff, well, I guess now Matthew Stafford will have like you know each level progressions. And a lot of times, Everett was like either the last guy on the backing order, or he was the guy thrown out a block, and when he did get out into passing uh, passing route sometimes it wasn't always the primary read and so sometimes when you know you don't get that kind of natural feel for the passing game all the time your catching rate is not going to be reflective of what your ta- talent actually is and I feel like he's a guy that was really underutilized with the Rams as a pass catcher because a lot of times they'd line them up at fullback and then in the backfield sometimes slip them, slip them out on like little routes that you would see uh, a U-back or an H-back run and I just think he was kind of underutilized in, uh, with Los Angeles where I feel like he'd kind of be on a, the same level as a Hayden Hurst in, in Baltimore but just more utilized in the passing game because it's more of a tight end centric offense I've there's a price I'd love to have Averett, but he he wouldn't be number my number one guy, not the number one guy on my list anyway. But uh, he did play over 700 snaps last year, so he's he's playing very regularly for the for the Rams, and obviously is a guy the Ravens should consider uh, if they want a, a what I would consider a fairly pure receiving threat. Uh, he not uh, the background is definitely not as a runner pass blocker really, and even though the Ravens will demand more of him in that area. Uh, take me, take me through your next guy on your list. Uh, next guy, recent release guy, uh, you know, a salary cap casualty, so won't count against the comp formula if he's if he's um signed. That's Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings, um, a guy who I I kind of caught some flack for for you know you know really wanting the Ravens to you know sign ahead of free agency. But I think it'd be a, he'd be a solid signing at the, this point in his career. He's basically his his production last year was basically on par with what Hayden Hurst did in twenty nineteen in uh in twenty yet in twenty nineteen with uh you know Hayden Hurst had thirty receptions, three hundred forty nine yards. And last year, uh, Kyle Rudolph had 28 catches and three, uh, 334 yards. So it's basically identical production. And in the event that Mark Andrews did have to miss time, you know, you got another guy right there. Uh, Rudolph, in particular, in recent years, his catch rate has improved uh, to be in the 70s each of the last four years. He's actually over 80 in 2019. Uh, playing with a good quarterback can make all the difference in that regard or make a difference in that regard. But uh, definitely a guy that, that could be sprung fairly regularly for uh into space uh he certainly has the length to run block uh and he hasn't been terrible at it in his career but i don't think that's really what he's known for yeah no he's I, like said at this point in his career is more of like a complimentary pass catching threat more so than he is a run blocker i'm not sure if the vikings asked him to do too much of that he's he's really ever since irv smith was drafted back in 20 um 2019 he saw his role diminish on offense and they were kind of split in time and it, was, it became more of a 1a 1b and then at the by the end of it he was more of a 1b than the 1a right well hopefully with with rudolph if they did go after him and, and rudolph by the way there's lots of risk he'll be 32 in november but if the if they do um line him up either wide or even as a fullback as they did with hearst he's a guy you can you can get into level two or three to make a block on a run play as opposed to making an inline block where the ravens have other options they have tomlinson they have boyle who are better inline blockers 
Yeah, and and while last season wasn't the best indicator of it, the year before, um, but uh, Kyle Rudolph has been excellent in the red zone throughout his career, and like he's just one season removed from a six touchdown um, uh, season back in in 2019. So he only had one touchdown last year. Like I said, a lot of that was from from the, the stuff track, the emergence of Irv Smith in that offense. I think Irv Smith had like five touchdowns to his one, and um, I just I just. No, like in the, in the red zone, especially you can't give Lamar enough uh, targets, especially that cause that's the area of the field where opposing teams really kind of clamp down on Mark Andrews or try to at least. And um, like I said, if Miles Boykin isn't going to be that guy to step up in the red zone, I mean he's he's shown he's shown the ability to do that. I'm not going to get too much in yes. receivers here, but um, um, if you can another the more the merrier in the red zone for Lamar, the more big big targets, you know, wide catch radius, you know, guy can go up and you know catch it catch it over a guy, the better. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I actually kind of feel differently about that in terms of the Ravens not having a traditional uh, red zone offense because they didn't. They never run a fade route. I mean, they literally never. Oh, I wasn't talking about a fade. I was just like, guy, go up and get it. High ball zipper, whatever, in the middle mm-hmm. of the field. They do a little bit of that, but they really don't do very much. Is it most of it is Lamar reading the leverage off the line of scrimmage or Lamar moving left to right to create a passing lane of his all and of his own, including a late leak out. So I, I just, I think that's the reason that's the primary reason why Lamar has so few red zone interceptions. Obviously we saw the first of his career against Buffalo at a very inopportune time, but I just, I think getting big bodies for Lamar for the red zone is not the reason I do it. I do it for the play action game. And I think Rudolph can help him there. I really do. But uh, uh, anyway, he's on my list. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss out another name, one the Ravens certainly will not get is Hunter Henry, who's only 27 now. Obviously, uh, coming to the end should get really paid off because he's uh, the only great young tight end in this class. There's another good one, I think, but this is the only great young one. Yeah, I've loved Hunter Henry since um, since you know he came out of college, and the injuries are kind of like you know really kind of bogged him down from being from truly transcending into the upper echelon of tight ends. But he definitely has all the talent. Like I said, I, I feel like the char- Chargers are probably going to franchise tag him again. I mean, the the tag for for a tight end is nowhere near as high as it is for a receiver. Mm-hmm. That's basically what you get from Hunter Henry is like number two receiver production. So um, I don't think he's going to hit the market. I think the they have like from the time of recording this, uh, which is tomorrow. March 8th, and I think the franchise tag deadline's on the 9th. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him tag in the next 24 hours. Okay, that'll be interesting. So we, that's good to get the date out there because we there will be a lot of changes before free agency begins. We realize that we're going to see a bloodbath, I think we'd agree, in terms of the number of people cut over the next two weeks, even with some of the changes in terms of projected cap over the next few years. Um, yeah, and, uh, I I think uh, one guy in particular that's on my list, even though he's not a free agent yet, but is expected to be one if he can't be traded before then, is uh, Zach Ertz uh, of the Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, he's still on the roster. I know he's not a UFA just yet, but he's another guy who um who I who I think would you know if if let go is coming off a down year. We had career lows in receptions and and yards and just right around the production that you saw from Hayden Hurst in 2019. As I mentioned again, you really just need that. Uh, complimentary pass catching tight end to Mark Andrews. I think a guy like Zach Ertz, I'm not sure if he'd be willing to accept a lesser role. I mean, he already kind of had to deal with that within Philadelphia with Dallas Goddard. But I think the, the, the hang up with, with Philly and, and Zach Ertz was, you know, they couldn't come to agreement on the whole contract thing. You know, he wanted to stay there at the, 
pay he was willing to get. But, you know, if he does end up getting cut, if he's not traded, maybe that's a reality check for him. He's like, hey, like, let me go somewhere, get my, you know, get my get back for a year and then come hit the market again next year. So the Ravens get him on a reasonably priced one year deal. If he is indeed cut, I think he'd be a great, um, great fit, too. I, I honestly, in, in, in hearing about Ertz this year, and I know a lot of people have talked about him, and I had a guy on from Philly who was eager to get him traded at midseason, which, boy, I would be too if I were an Eagles fan. And you know, he hadn't been hurt yet at that point. But the big number for Zach Ertz, he had 72 targets last year. So he played 11 games before he got hurt, uh, or parts of 11 games anyway. But the big number for him is 4.7 yards per target. That is atrocious. That's, that's worse than A.J. Green. I mean, I don't have to tell you who it's worse than. It's worse than basically everybody. Um, I, I, can't, I can't pick up a 31-year-old player and be excited about that. He'll be 31 in November uh, about a guy who's starting from that point. And he'd been in decline for a couple of years prior to that, too. 6.8 yards per target in 2019, despite the fact that he had a, his third Pro Bowl season then. Yeah, but I feel like some of Eric's production, you know, decline in efficiency was more of a product of the decline in quarterback play more so than it was indication that he's, you know, really fallen off of a cliff. So if you look at Carson Wentz, I mean, God, this guy traded, but this is his play over the last couple of years has really been uneasy. And then they're they're with their with their protection, the problem they've been having in Philly, Philadelphia too. A lot of their stuff has been short passing offense. So he's not a guy that can really pick up a lot of yak. So when they throw it to him, he kind of gets, you know, catches the ball and gets tackled. So I just think that I just think the whole offensive situation they had in Philadelphia really kind of, you know, to put a, a knock on his stock more so more so than an, an indication that he's you know really falling off of his perennial Pro Bowl status. Well, that's fair enough. You know, let's hear the next person on your list, the next tight end on your list. Uh, another guy I like kind of under the radar. Um, he's, he's, he's struggled with injuries in his career, and the Ravens actually pursued him prior to getting uh, drafting Mark Andrews, and that's uh, Trey Burton of the formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, formerly of the Eagles. I think he spent a time with the Bears right after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But he's another guy who, like I said, went healthy. I mean, not only is he a good receiving option, he's a guy that's been, gotten in and mixed in the backfield too as far as getting some carries in the backfield with Indianapolis. And he can kind of be used in that Travis Kelsey-esque role well, albeit on a limited in a limited capacity, like he struggled with injuries, and he's always been a really good number two tight end. I know a lot of people expected him to ascend to number one status when he left Philadelphia after they won a Super Bowl in 2017, and he just never caught he, injuries. Like injuries really kind of prevented him from ascending to that status. But I think a guy like that, that the history of injuries, but can still be productive in a limited role, will be perfectly suited for the Ravens' number three tight end spot. Okay, smaller guy, obviously, so he's not an inline guy, and, and uh, we've talked about that. The, do the Ravens need that? No, not absolutely, but they do like their guys to block. Does not have that great length you like out of a tight end to block in level two or three. Not that he couldn't do it, but at 6'2", 238, he's a little smaller. So the Ravens have other practice squad options who would be similar. And just to take the other side of this, because I know you know you're, you're presenting a guy you you like a lot, and I I, I appreciate that. But uh, I I'm not a big Burton fan because his catch rate has been under sixty percent the last two years. Now, admittedly, not great situations. Mitch Trubisky throwing to him, and then. A variety of Indianapolis quarterbacks, obviously, but including Rivers last year. And, you know, his, his yards per target have dipped under five for the last two years combined. I just I can't see a big investment in a 30 year old player. And it wouldn't be big. It would be it'd be it'd be probably the vet minimum. But I, but I don't know that on a, on a team that's really contending for a champion that I want to I want a player like Burton around at this point. 
I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not begging for a table for them to like, you know, break the bank for them by any means. It's more like the guys that I mentioned were like bargain guys, guys you can get, sure. you know, you know, guys you get for the chief to fill to fill a like specific yet limited role. Um, and I got a guy like Burton. Like, 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 uh, the Ravens liked him a couple of years ago. So if he, you know, if it gets to the point where like, Hey, you know, you want to come in here, you know, you know, we got a role for you. If you want to, if you want to fill it, um, I'm not sure if he want to re uh, you know, go back to Indianapolis and sit behind Moy Alley Cox and Jack Doyle again. So, I mean, I think being the number three tight end in Baltimore is better than being the number three tight end in Indianapolis. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, and by the way, I really appreciate you coming to the show with a number of the cheaper guys on the list. That's one of the things we really want to focus on this is who's the middle class that you can get to down pretty close to a vet men contract this offseason when there ought to be some bone picking. I think, frankly, at the in the UFAs with all of the teams so cap constrained and then who were who were some of the other players who you really want to avoid them because at any dollar amount above the vet min, they just aren't a value relative to what you could get at the vet minimum if you wait. And so hopefully that's a, that's a component of what we're looking at today. Appreciate you coming up with some cheaper options for us. Uh, Tyler Eifert been around the league for a long time. Right this too. <laughs> He's on your list. Well, do, yep. tell us about your thoughts about him. Um. Yeah, Tyler Eifert. Like, and I wouldn't say similar to Trey Burton, but at this, you know, a guy who's had struggled with injuries throughout his career. But you know, he did. He played pretty decent in the in a limited role with the with the Jags last year, and you know, they started his career with the Bengals. But um, like I said, he, that he had that same kind of production. I must always refer back to this in this conversation that Peyton Hurst had in 2019, and that that pass catching role from a pass catching aspect, 36 receptions, 349 yards, two touchdowns. You know, it's just like a nice compliment to Mark Andrews takes a bit of pressure off of him. I, I, I get you on that. Another guy under six yards per target. Um, I'm not real excited from that perspective, but he, he had a lot more targets than Hurst did uh, in 2020 to, to, to get that reception total. And, and I think Hurst actually was, was around 22 in 2019, 22 receptions. I may have it wrong. I have it. I have it pulled up that. right here. He had sure. thirty receptions. Thirty receptions. Okay, thirty of thirty-eight was it? Uh, thirty-nine targets, thirty receptions. Okay. All right. So that's that's excellent. That's seventy-seven uh, percent. Um, but the the uh, you know it's a big difference from sixty percent is my, I guess my point. So the yards per target uh, don't end up looking that good when you don't have that. But Tyler Eifert earlier in his career was a hell of a yards per target guy with five straight years between 12.3 and 8.3 yards per target. That's a great run for a tight end. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture, and when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. And uh, and certainly something that could be considered at this point. Honestly, my feeling would be he's a vet men guy, and I'm afraid that there's another team who is still willing to kind of pay for the name, maybe a year or two too late on him. But he fits the Ravens' perspective in in some ways, being six six two fifty five, a guy who can contribute in level two and three on the run block, even though he's not alone as a as an inline blocker. Yeah, um, outside of. 
outside of Everett, I, f- I feel like I'm in, you know, in Henry, of course, but I just don't view him as a realistic option. I, I feel like none of these guys can really bring, can be that vertical threat that Hayden Hurst was in 2019. Right. There, there were times where Hayden Hurst would just be either wide open down the seam and Lamar would hit him, or, you know, like uh, sometimes, you know, he'd be, like, I think in, in the playoff game against Tennessee, he was open and just jumping up and down, like, I'm open, I'm open, you know, because, like, I mean, he could, <laughs> that guy's, like, deceptively fast. And they said the Ravens really, I missed him last year, and um, it, it really reflected in both uh, in Lamar stats and Mark Andrews stats. Really showed up the last two years for the Ravens. Actually, really the last three. I mean, I'm thinking back to Mark Andrews in 2018 had an amazing yards per target year, but the Ravens play action game creates tons of yak opportunities. So you don't want an aircraft carrier tight end. Okay, that's that's the wrong way to put it. You don't want a steam engine tight end in the middle of the field. You want, a, you want a guy who's got a, a bigger, heavier motor on him, even if he's got some size. And, and I, it really – Andrews has that. Um, Eifert had that at one point in his career. Uh, but, but maybe that's the guy the Ravens need is another, uh, another Hurst type who would uh, – and certainly, obviously, if they had Hayden Hurst, it'd be exciting again. But who can get open and play action in the zone defenses that usually get played against the Ravens. Uh, and when the other team bites on that play action – he has a big yak opportunity. Yeah, I just man, that that thirteen personnel was just so killer for the Ravens in twenty nineteen. Sure was and it, the thing that was so beautiful about it, I was trying to explain it to my wife in like layman's terms earlier today, and I was like, "Babe, what you don't understand is the Ravens were so unpredictable on offense that year. You couldn't tell what they were doing, whether they were running or passing, just because of you know they had sometimes two like you know two two or three of those guys on the field, and they could either be running a power or they could be running up like said play action, and you'd have and." And you'd have, you know, Hayden Hurst stricken middle down the middle of the field. And it was just a beautiful thing to watch. And I really want that for them again. Yeah, very difficult. I mean, the, thir- the big thing, 13 personnel, is the defense gets to put their personnel on second. So the offense puts on uh, 11 personnel. Well, the defense has a really easy decision to make then. They're generally always going to put on a nickel. They might, in some weird situations, depending upon who your third receiver is in the slot, put in a big nickel. But most of the time, it's just a it's just a nickel situation. If you put on thirteen, they don't know who to put on the field, particularly on an early down. They don't know how you're going to use that extra tight end. If you have tight ends that are further more versatile, it makes it very difficult for them. So it really it, it creates a matchup nightmare for opposing defensive coordinators. Something we mentioned, I know, on this show before, but uh, you know, always uh, something I try I tend to repeat when uh, when this topic comes up. But yeah, you're right. I mean, thirteen personnel. So it would be great if for the Ravens to get that. That's a lot of what I want out of them at tight end this year is to find another guy who is a really reliable catcher. Uh, to to fulfill what they what they missed in 2020. Yeah, yeah, same here. All right, uh, Jacob Hollister always comes up when we when we talk tight ends in terms of his availability, and and you know I, I think mostly because he's a cheap option on a team that has other options at tight end. Yeah, he's on my list too, um, and I said he's a guy that's been a nice. Nice outlet receiver for for Russell Wilson, especially when they've had injuries to Will Disley and Greg and Greg Olson, um, you know, last year. And like, like he's just been like Mister Reliable for um for for Russell Wilson. Like, like he doesn't have a great yard yard uh, yards per target, but he's a guy that's like really been a nice safety valve option. And I, I think you know, when he has gone vertical, he has you know made made plays in their offense. They don't ask that much of him. You know, a lot of times when they go vertical, it's either to Metcalf or to um or to Lockett or even David. 
more. So I think I think I think his kind of yards per target is was more of a reflection. His low yards per target were more of a reflection on his utilization as far as not going down the seam or getting vertical more so than it was an indication that he couldn't do those things. Right. He's certainly not a big yards after the catch guy. He's going to secure the football. You hope and uh, and you know, create some first downs for you, but not necessarily create big yak opportunities. So he might not be the guy. And, and I, I know there are a lot of people that were excited about getting him at midseason last year because he's he's one of the only available guys. But, I, you know, I, you mentioned it yourself in terms of the yards per target at 5.7 career. I just can't get excited about that. Yeah, he's more of a chain mover than a than a seam stretcher, and the Ravens need more of a seam stretcher than a than a chain mover. You got a you got a you got a chain mover and a seam stretcher, Mark Andrews, and, and you know they're probably gonna get another possession receiver, in either in free agency or in the draft. So, so if you if you're detecting so far that I'm kind of negative on the on the guys that are out there, I think you're probably right. There's a there's a couple guys at the top end like Henry who are who are just priced out. Uh, you know, there's maybe a, a couple of older mid range guys who maybe they work out. A Kyle Rudolph might fall into that category. The one young guy that I really like, and I don't know if it's if it's a, a possibility of happening, is John O. Smith, who they've had some difficulty covering for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I love John O. Smith. I've loved him since I think Delaney Walker's last year with the team, and I was like, man, who is this eighty one? This dude is. This dude is. This dude is. Nice, like you know, um, and I really, I really love his game, and it's 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 almost it's almost similar to Andrews in a, in a, in a sense. And I'm like, man, those guys, if, if the Ravens were able to get those two guys together, whew, that'd be that'd be nice to see. And um, like I said, he's a, he's a, he's he's well, he's not one call him an excellent blocker, you know, but um, he's a he's he's a more than willing blocker, and he can be proficient at it at times. But um, definitely as a pass catching threat, he can be that seam stretching dude, and he can also make some of those tough catches over the middle too. Yeah, he's a player that uh, I, you know, I've had a Titans friend on the show who's who's decried his pass blocking uh, fairly significant. And that's something the Ravens really require out of their tight ends to a great degree. They don't spend a lot of time with uh, set blockers at tight end. They really rarely play max protect uh, with with two guys kept in uh, with Jackson. Jackson does a lot with his legs to manipulate defenses so maybe he would do better for a team like the ravens where he's not doesn't have responsibilities as a pass blocker as a run blocker you know he can still make a contribution level two and three by having that decent quickness to get out there and get his hands on somebody yeah yeah definitely especially now that mark andrews has been taking more of a role as a blocker that you know that you rely on that third tight end less as a blocker and he could just be you know like that uh that that number three guy to just off the line and just start uh, stretching the seam. Now, the reason the Ravens might not get John Smith, he, he played a lot of snaps last year for Tennessee. I, I think it would be kind of doubtful that he'd want to come to the Ravens where he'd be the number three tight end behind Boyle and her behind Boyle and Andrews. Um, so I don't think it's particularly a reasonable option. I also think there's another team that's going to be willing to pay more for exactly that reason. Yeah, I think he's going to – I think the contract that we see John o. Smith get this offseason might – I wouldn't say set the table, be similar to what Mark Andrews might get next next offseason. Or honestly, I think Mark Andrews – if Mark Andrews gets extended this offseason, I think he's I think he's going to get something a tier below, the, like, you know, the George Kittles and the, and, and the Travis Kelsey's and the Darren Wallace of the world. But I also think that, you know, he might be on par or a little bit more higher valued than John o. Smith. But I think John Smith is going to not be in the Ravens' uh, price range this offseason. Mm-hmm. 
All right. I got one more kind of name that I'm real interested in on my list. You have anybody else who's who you're hot on? Um, so I wasn't to begin with because I didn't think he'd be in the Ravens price range. Um, he's, he's, a, he's more of a notable name that a lot of people aren't, you know, like realistically the Ravens could, could land. But a guy like Jared Cook, when I was looking at it, looking back at the um, in numbers from last year, he only started five of the 15 games. He was really kind of rotating in there with um, the rookie they had, Adam Troutman, um, from I believe Dayton it was. Um, he, he, ended up, he ended up having the most receiving yards of their, of their tight end group. But um, the more they instituted Troutman in their offense, the less, you know, so last uh, Cook was the featured guy and they could get him to come in. He only had like, I think like 500 something yards. So it was more than, you know, Hayden Hurst had in 2019, but still he's like, he's, he's an aging, but he's an aging veteran and he may not um, garner as much interest as I'm thinking he might uh, garner an open market at 33 years old. Um, but if he wanted to come to, to the Ravens and, you know, contend for a championship for, for at least one more year, then, you know, why not? I think that'd have to be a vet men deal for me at this point. We're not talking, we're talking about a player who's uh, played a fair number of snaps last year. So I doubt he'd really, really be that interested in coming to the Ravens, but you know, he's played over 500 snaps now for a long time. Uh, But, but more than that, he's, he'll be 34 next month. And for a tight end, that's awfully old. It's not like the Ravens haven't done it before. They went out and got Ben Watson. Ben Watson, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, and I, how old, I don't know how old Coates was when he came to the Ravens, but he was an old guy in 2000, Ben Coates, uh, who, who retired after that year with the Ravens with uh, 499 career catches. But uh, it would, it's not impossible they go after him. I've got one other guy on, on my list that, uh, that I would like, and I like by age, but I doubt he ends up leaving his current situation because it's so perfect for him, is, is Robert Tanya of the Green Bay Packers. Now, the big number for him last year for Tanyan was a 91% catch rate, which is that's you know off the charts. That's catching 10 out of every 11 balls. Uh, I'm going to look up his yards per target here because I don't know it. 9.9 yards per target last year, 9.5 for his career. Uh, obviously, a lot of that has to do with uh, having uh, and uh, sorry, Rogers throwing him the football. Yeah, Robert Tanyan, man, that, that he was, man, I was so upset when he got snubbed from. The, I mean, I know, the, I know the Pro Bowl is a popularity contest, but when you got a guy in Evan Ingram who makes it to the Pro Bowl with one touchdown over a guy Robert Tanyan who had like what like ten, I just you know that that kind of boggles my mind. And he really like I said broke out for the first time last year, and I don't think there's any way he's leaving Green Bay just because I I you know that's he found his found his niche there. I really thought um, Jay Sternberger was going to be the guy for the for Green Bay as far as patching. Cut pass catching tight end goes but uh, Robert Tanyan kind of came out of nowhere and caught fire last year so a guy whose game I really really like and would be perfect for the Ravens in that third tight end role um but um except I highly doubt he's getting out of getting out of uh out of Wisconsin yeah I I don't believe so either but uh you know it's not I think it's he's a player where you don't put the tag on him given the fact he's only produced for one year so I think even though the tight end tag is lower, you mentioned it earlier on this show, I, th- I don't think Green Bay would, have, would, would think it was a wise move to put the tag on him if they, in fact, could afford it. Um, I think they probably just let him walk and get the compensatory pick. Yeah, 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 I think so too. You kind of don't want to just like, you know, bank on the dude replicating an outlier of a season because that could just be the outlier. Yeah, that's exactly it. No, uh, you know, he's been a you know, decent player, but, but this is, this was so much of his production came in this last year. 
Yeah. All right. Anybody else we need to talk about on your end? Um, so he's not he's not exactly a tight end, but I've seen some Ravens fans floating this out on Twitter. But uh, Kyle Yuschak, familiar face, is going to be on the open market this offseason. And he's a guy that, you know, gets kind of utilized as is, you know, what we saw in San Francisco. His, his role, I mean, he was ascending his last year with, with the Ravens, but he, his career really kind of took off when he went to San Francisco. When you saw all the really cool ways that he could be used vertically, I mean, I was just like, man. Like, I, I mean, I knew, he, I knew he had it in him, but I didn't know he had that much in him. And um, like I said, he's a, he's a guy that had 19 catches, 200-something yards, four touchdowns last year. So I don't think he'd, he'd quite, you know, fill in that Hayden Hurst role. But if the Ravens wanted to, you know, go more, you know, fullback-centric than if he can't find that number three guy, then, you know, and he wants to sign, you know, for, you know, for, I wouldn't say that exactly the bet men, but, you know, he's not going to be making that, that, um, that break, the break the bank deal that he had with San Fran when he, where he signed, I think it was like a four year, $21 million deal, something crazy like that when he left the Ravens. Um, so a guy like, I mean, I said, I, I saw it floated around in Twitter. I wasn't really the biggest fan of it, but I was like, I mean, if he's open to it and, you know, I've, I've seen the guy get vertical and he, he's definitely one hell of a blocker. So, I mean, if he wants if he wants to do it, then why not? Yeah, it's, it'd be an interesting move. It'd be a, a Swiss Army knife type move, which would mean the Ravens would be trying to bring back 13 and some of that diamond formation and whatnot that, that they've had some success with in 2019. The incredible number uh, for me from – use um, check is he's now had four straight seasons between seven and 10 yards per target. By the way, 10 yards per target, unheard of for a fullback. Absolutely unheard of. You mentioned some of the vertical ability before Kyle use came to the Ravens, the longest catch ever by a fullback in Ravens history was 30 yards by Ovi Muhaley in the game at Tennessee in 2006, 30 yard late breakaway touchdown. I mean, late was a, a late off the line of scrimmage on a, on a delayed play. Um, but anyway, he had three receptions longer than 30 yards as a Raven, which is astounding as a fullback, and in particular the way the Ravens would use that. But they'd use it on wheel routes. They'd use it on a lot of different things. And, you know, I, I could see him being a useful asset in play action and another great player to hide what the hell are you doing with 13 personnel on the field. Yeah, I, when, I think, when I think of Kyle Juszczyk, I think I don't know if you've seen the highlight of that nasty stuff where he put on Mika Fitzpatrick when the um, when the Forty ers played your Steelers, where he pretty much like suplexed the guy with one hand. It was crazy, and I'm just like, man, I miss that guy. But I love Patrick Ricard too. So, but it's just like you know, Patrick Ricard. Like as much as I love Patrick Project Pat, he's not the same athlete that um, Juszczyk is, especially in space. Yeah, I'd agree. Now, if you if, do, you, would you see any way the Ravens could carry both? Um, it, it it depends on how they want to utilize use check, and like I said, like and, and I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of it just because I'm like you know you want to get younger and you really want to properly replace Hayden Hurst. You don't want to you know kind of limit the offense with having two fullbacks, even though one one is more of a traditional fullback that you know the U back H back you know, a hybrid, but I, I really prefer them to just to go out and get a, get a, get a tight end, another top pass catching tight end. All right. And uh, Ravens obviously in pretty good shape in terms of uh, the draft. They could take a tight end, but, but more importantly, they have two guys that spent the entire year on the practice squad who seem like one of them, Breedlander Wolf, 
might very well make the team this year if the if the Ravens don't go out and spend a draft pick on a tight end. I was really high on Jacob Breland um, coming into training camp last year. I was like, you know, this is going to be the guy. I watched it. I watched him in, in in college. Him and Justin Herbert. It was lethal in college, and I was like, I, I just. Look, if this guy can, if this guy can stay healthy, if he can get on the field, I know he's, I know he can make an impact for this team. I just, I just knew he was going to be that, you know, that, that. Um, I, I think I, I predicted he would be one of the, the you know, one of the to keep the undrafted free agent streak alive. You know, I, I, I gave him the best mm-hmm. odds. Um, before you know, like said he, um, his injury just. You know, he wasn't all the way healed from it. So, but if, um, like I said, if he can come to training camp this year and, you know, be fully recovered and, you know, now that he's had like, a, I wouldn't call it, say like a year of experience under his belt, but a year around the team, of a full year to rehab from that injury. And I really think that guy, if they don't, if they don't, it'll really be telling how they feel about Breland and his rehab if they don't draft a tight end um, on higher than then I'll say the fourth round in the draft. Like if they draft like a day three guy, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, I still think Freeland have the chance to make the roster. All right. Fair enough. Always a pleasure to have you on, Josh. I uh, appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work? I'm at BaltimoreBeatdown.com. That's where you can find me. All right. And on Twitter? Uh, Josh Reed 907 So it's J-O-S-H-R-E-E-D-907. Make sure you give him a follow. Uh, he's very, very active on Twitter, a lot of back and forth, uh, and always a great football conversation. Thanks again, Josh, for joining us. Uh, if have other people who want to be on a film study short this offseason, I always have to give people the, the lowdown on that. Uh, send me an email, filmstudy21 at verizon.net, or send something to my Twitter, at uh, filmstudyravens, and hit me up with a focus topic that you want. Ideally, I'd like to have three bullet points. You don't even have to do that. Um, and we'll have a discussion about it and, and how to shape it into something that'd be focused and interesting for, for listeners. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for coming on, Josh. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.